Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. I've got a number for you, dude. You got it. Oh, wait, let me play this. Let me play the thing. Where's my number thing? Uh. And that's the magic number. What's the number? Five. Okay. Sharks have a 5% chance of getting Connor McDavid, dude. 5%. 5%. 5%, dude. dude. That's all I want to focus on today, dude. I want to focus on everybody putting their good karma in a bag and sealing it until April 18th and unleashing their Bay Area hockey karma upon the world and fixing all that is wrong with the Sharks. A little Connor McDaddy, dude. There's, There's... A lot wrong with the Sharks right now. <laughs> but listen, on April 18th, if that happened, yeah. it would, it would all of a sudden, everything would be fine. Everything would be a everything lot better. Everything would be fine, dude. Crazy to think the Sharks are out of the playoffs, dude. Um, I mean, well, not crazy. If you look back at the season, I think we saw the writing on the wall before the season even began that this was possible, right. that this would happen. But still, you know, the Sharks one of the most successful franchises of the last 10 years um, in terms of their consistency of being in the Stanley Cup playoff field, and they are not there. And in fact, they were the third worst team in the Western Conference. Edmonton and Arizona, the only two worst teams wow. in the Western Conference. That is awful company to keep, dude. Yeah. And that's a reality check. Anyone who's still clung on to hope like a good fan, uh, this is a uh, low point. You know, low, low point. And where we go from here, I'm sure we'll talk about, dude. Yeah, that's that's the big question. The Sharks go out with a whimper. They 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 lose badly to the Kings with yet another third period meltdown. Uh they lost badly to Dallas in the recent past with yet another third period meltdown. It's just it's it's not good. It's not good what's going on. Of course they, they beat Colorado late, you know, they beat Colorado recently. It's just it's it's not uh Every game in this month or last couple months have, has been exactly what's expected, which is the Sharks are a very inconsistent team. They don't play; they don't seemingly play hard enough for the entire game, and they make terrible mistakes that lead to sometimes embarrassing losses. They're lacking key roster pieces that good teams have, and they're pieces that we've gone over ad nauseum yeah. all season. And the Sharks don't have it. I think some of it by design this year. Uh, the general manager made a conscious decision to not add uh, veteran uh, pieces that could make an impact on a playoff run like a Rafi Torres and a Scott Hannon a few years ago. Even when they were subtracting, they added two key pieces that were helpful at the time. But um, there's a lot there's more than just one problem with this team. Oh yeah. You know, there's several. And unfortunately it goes from the top down and the roster is one problem. The coach is a, uh, very confusing situation 
uh, that I'm sure we'll get into. The general manager uh, is either going to be gone, I think, in the next few days, or he's going to be the one on board to captain the ship. And the and the owner, who knows what the hell he's thinking? That's right. Yeah, no one no one really knows. And and one of the main things that happened this week, I know a lot of people in Sharks Lens were talking about, was Drew Remenda's made some media rounds here recently. He was yep. on Razor and Mr. G. Is it still called Razor and Mr. G? Yeah, um, no. I think it's just called Mr. T. Mr. T show. Okay. With Ray Ratto. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's Tom Tolbert and Ray Ratto. Okay. So Tom Tolbert and Ray Ratto, but he was also on Tim Kawakami's podcast recently, uh-huh. which people have been talking about. And so I think, you know, Drew was about as candid as he's ever been. And, uh, I know he said some stuff on Tolbert's show, and he said some stuff on uh, Kawakami's show, and it's sort of addressing a lot of these questions that I think Sharks fans have in general, which is, you know, what do we make of this whole Joe Thornton thing? What's going to happen with Doug Wilson? What's going to happen with the coach? Where do the Sharks go from here? And and at least with Kawakami, the first question is, why were the Sharks so bad? And I think uh, Drew's diagnosis was right on for one the sharks had the 24th best goaltending tandem in the league that's clearly not good out of 30 teams and the other thing is their d took a huge step back right dan boyle's gone brad stewart not everybody's favorite player but he's gone and the sharks had this sort of rotating cast of characters some of which probably weren't really ready to play in the nhl or good enough to play in the nhl yeah correct he also talked about the sharks lack of performance on the third line that you know, playoff teams have third lines that and fourth lines that together combined average fifty goals during the regular season. Sharks, I don't think so. You know, <laughs> yeah, they were didn't definitely... get that kind of production. No, and in addition to the scoring, I mean, the teams that are in the playoffs, the majority of them have third and fourth lines that have some character behind them. They do the dirty work and they chip in scoring. They have players on those lines that are extremely valuable and and a key reason why the team is successful. And I think we got a glimpse of that when Rafi Torres mm-hmm. was running around on the third line for the Sharks, how valuable he was to that entire effort. And when you have a few key players like that, it changes the entire personality of the team. The Sharks don't have that. I mean, they had young players out there mm-hmm. just trying to find their way, along with some veterans who some of them don't belong in the NHL and some of them aren't very good. Right. I mean, so. And some had off years. He spoke, obviously, specifically about Patrick Marlowe, who is, you know, certainly an easy person to pick on. He did not have a good year by any measure, certainly his own and, and anyone else's. Um, it's hard to point the, the finger necessarily at the best players on the team like Joe and Patty and Pavs and Jumbo and Couture and say they're the reason why this team isn't winning. But uh, certainly they didn't get enough help. I think that's a much bigger problem. I don't know if any one of those guys necessarily had the season they wanted to, except for maybe Pavelski. But they're not the reason why this Sharks team didn't make the playoffs this year. It's really that there was nobody else around to help them. Would you agree with that? (sighs) Uh, yes, I think that's true. But I also have to look at the players you just named and go, well, this team, while they have been a presence in the playoffs, they've never gone all the way. And what's the common thread between all of those things? It's 
the, the guys you just named. Mm-hmm. So I, something has to give at some point. It, the Sharks had a hugely embarrassing moment last year when they choked away a series lead against the eventual Stanley Cup champions in a, in a, in a total, total meltdown. And their response was to basically just get rid of players and not try and help fix a team that was one game away from maybe making their own Stanley Cup run. And I don't know. I don't know if this group can get past that. I don't know. They certainly didn't show any. No. Like where I didn't see any change in culture. Yeah. You know, where these guys weren't, you know, the quote from last offseason that they were coworkers and not teammates. Yeah. And then you've got quotes coming out from Drew Remenda saying, well, Joe Thornton, that Pavelski, Couture, like those guys, Burns, they love Joe Thornton. Right. That he's a friend first and a teammate second was what he said. Mm-hmm. And if that's true, I don't that doesn't I don't see that on the ice. Like, why aren't these guys out there laying it out on the line like you see a team like the Kings do? Mm-hmm. And well, Kawakami brought who up. Who also the, missed the playoffs. Well, I know. But I mean, but but they did win two out of the last three cups. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, the Giants miss the playoffs yeah. every other year, too, and they yeah. manage to come back and win a World Series every two years. Yeah. So it it's hard, dude. I, I don't know. Like, I think I think you can look at every every section, owner, coach, GM, players, and assign blame in every area. Oh, yeah. And yeah. nobody gets off scot-free in this situation. Dude. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But I know a lot of people, certainly it seems like a, most of the heat is coming down on Doug Wilson uh, more than anyone else in particular. Uh, a lot well, you were at the Dallas game, right? And Oh, yeah. What was the atmosphere there? I mean, you know, the last home game, there were fire Wilson chants. Wow. Uh, you know, there were boos for the Sharks at the end of the game. Uh, there were multiple fire Wilson chants at different places in the arena. Uh, so clearly people have soured on Doug Wilson. How, how much I know there's been, you know, there's been some, uh, discussion on our, uh, threads, uh, posting threads, you know, people are definitely anti Wilson want to see him gone. There's other people who aren't as sure. Um, how are, how have your feelings changed over the last couple months about that? I know we have mostly, I, I don't want to necessarily speak for you, but I've certainly been a Doug Wilson backer in the past. Oh, I have too. And and I would definitely say that my confidence in him is at least shaken, if not gone. I I agree. And um, I am not impressed by the last year, you know, how he's handled right. this last year. I think you can go back and, and review the offseason moves and you know, sign off on some of them. Yes, moving Brad Stewart did create a situation where the Sharks were playing some players that maybe weren't NHL ready. I don't think moving Brad Stewart was a bad move. I think not replacing him appropriately was a bad move. Yeah. You know, getting two second round picks for Brad Stewart, you know, or whatever the return was, he's not that good anymore. Mm -hmm. So if you can get that, good for you. Uh, it pains me to say it, but you know, not making that financial commitment to DB 22 was a good call. I mean, he, he struggled this year, dude, mm-hmm. he struggled, you yeah. know, now his presence on the team, what that meant, you know, to the, the, the off ice and on ice situations 
we don't know and we don't understand what that dynamic was no um so those two things you go okay but some of the moves that he's made in the last couple of years are just head scratchers. You know, the McGinn trade, the Shepard acquisition, mm-hmm. you know, John Scott, you know, yep. uh, Mike you know, Brown, Mike Brown. I mean, just some really Tyler Kennedy. You know, he's tried to push some buttons that have just they've all come up empty and and it's been frustrating, you know, uh, to, to watch. So. No, I'm not confident he should. And and how he's handled the whole Joel, Joe Thornton thing has been unprofessional, mm-hmm. I think. I don't think he it meant... It certainly hasn't worked out. No, I, I, I don't think he meant to step in a landmine. But clearly, there's been a divide between the two of them from last summer when they took the captaincy away and it wasn't really handled gracefully. And then they didn't really address it. And for the guy who's not the captain, but who clearly is still the captain of this team... Right. What's the point? Mm-hmm. You know, what did you just do? I mean, right. you know, didn't help anything. No, you didn't. You, you wanted to turn the team over to the young players, but it doesn't look like that's happened. No, you weren't able to pull that off because you signed these two guys and gave them no moves, which I think is probably the biggest blotch on his current resume. In my opinion, you've got two players that are integral to the success and failure of this team that now have more power than you do. That's true. That's absolutely true. And certainly it seems like the owner has thrown his backing behind Joe Thornton. And and there's been talk that said that Joe Thornton was promised that he will retire a shark. That was reported by Elliot Friedman, I believe. Uh, and David Pollack was on KMBR this week. Actually, the most candid I've ever heard David Pollack, who's usually so uh, plays it r- real straight, just yeah. reporting the news. I mean, they caught him in a very... Uh, a you know, loose, loose, moment. G- loose moment for him. And and he made a comment. He just doesn't see how Doug Wilson and Joe Thornton can coexist for the next two years. He thinks the line was drawn in the sand. He made a comment that he thinks Joe is almost now going out of his way to make sure that he is going to uh, outwit, outlast, and outsurvive Doug Wilson. So right. if you've got that kind of power play going on mm-hmm. behind the scenes, that is uh, terribly terrible, terrible, yeah. you know, for for this franchise. Such bad news. And the man caught in the middle might be the Sharks' most valuable asset, which is Todd McClellan. Right. Which I think was another great point that Drew made on Cambiar was he, they they broke it down. What are the two most valuable pieces if you strip the Sharks down and you were doing a fire sale? Tom McClellan and Joe Pavelski, and you're about ready to part ways, which I just don't see how it's not going to happen, dude. And you can right. maybe try and explain to me how it won't, that Tom McClellan is going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think he doesn't deserve blame. Right, sure. But, you know, it's the players on the ice that suck, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, And And, and it, by all accounts, he's extremely prepared and extremely intelligent, and the players don't listen and execute. Right, So. Right. What do you do? And many times in those situations, it's the coach that takes the fall. The coach says the right things, the players don't listen, and it's the coach's fault. Well, what's the Doug Wilson quote from when he fired Ron Wilson, right? Right. He said... Sometimes the professor needs a new class, and sometimes a class needs a new professor. I think that that's going to be trotted out again in the next few days. But T-Mac said something really interesting after the Kings game, dude. Did you catch that? No. He said, I need to evaluate my own situation. This was our coaching staff will come under that review 
but I have to do my own personal review too. Could T Mac quit, dude? No. No? No. Why not? He you he knows full well that he will get a phone call the second he quits. He could go somewhere else. He could say, you know what? Screw it. It's not like he's gonna be walking away from any money. When's the last time a coach quit in the NHL? Maybe tomorrow, T Mac. <laughs> I I know, dude. I, I, I don't see it as that. I see it as what could I have done differently? How do I approach this team differently and the personalities within it? Because I think that would be a terrible blemish to have on your record to say, yeah, we made the playoffs for eight straight years. We missed the playoffs and then I just quit because I didn't think it was good anymore. But, but why would he say, I need to talk to my family and see what's best for us? That's what he said. Like, I, if he's in there and he's basically like, guys, I need I want you to do this on the power play. I mm-hmm. want you guys to do this and this and we're going to do this and then the players go out there and they don't do it. Right. Like how much longer can you beat your head against a brick wall (laughs) and be like, you know, I'm one of, I mean, he is the second winningest coach by win percentage in the NHL today. Boudreaux is the only one higher, higher percentage than Babcock T-Mac has. Right. All right. So he's going to get another job. Right. And it's going to be paid very handsomely. I'm sure he'll get a raise on what he's currently making. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you're standing there going, do I want to go in and talk to these guys another year? Yeah, yeah. And be a lame duck coach. Because this is the other point that I didn't hear anybody talk about yet, dude. They have to extend him if they're going to keep him. Do you agree? T-Mac? I think if you're going to keep him, you have to extend him. Or you're walking into a lame duck coaching situation where you've got a guy... They even did it with freaking Randy Carlisle in Toronto. Yeah. So you've got your players looking at a coach going, well, why should we listen to you? You're going to be gone in a year. Yeah. It's dangerous. It is dangerous. It's a terrible situation. And and he is a good coach, but you have to consider the possibility that even though he's a good coach, he's not the right coach for the Sharks at this point. So what do you put the percentage odds on at this moment that he is fired? If Doug Wilson remains a GM, he's gone. That's my thinking. The only way that Todd McClellan stays as the coach of this team is if Doug Wilson is fired. But we saw this situation in Pittsburgh where they fired Ray Shiro and they kept Dan Bilesma and then old man Jim Rutherford, who did a real great job this year, by the way. Yeah, they're about to get swept by the Rangers. But he comes in and then fires Dan Bilesma. Right. (laughs) So. Um, cause that's not his guy. I mean, whoever mm-hmm. they bring in is T-Mac, his guy for this team. Uh, can you change the players? No. Then you have to change the coach. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. And, and that's the thing that I, I is really tough. Like you said, it's absolutely true that it appears that Joe Thorne has more power than the general manager right now. Which and, is a toxic situation and, for and the new coach to come into anyways. And I'm not like anti-Joe by any means, right? I know he's probably the best player on the team, and he's still having a Hall of Fame career, and maybe he didn't have quite the numbers he's always had. His he's, second worst season since 1999, by the way. Right, season. but he's still probably the best player on the team, right? He's pretty close. He's number one or number two on the team. Um, statistically, number three. Yeah. Couture and Pabs both had better years. But I think he helps Pavelski. So the reason sure. why Pavelski was so, so successful was no largely because of it. Joe. So, he, okay. So that being said, now I'm going to go the other way. What does it say about a guy who says, I want to destroy the general manager, possibly at the cost of the team itself? 
I mean, that's not a very becoming, you know, quality to have a person saying, yeah, I just want you gone. This is my team. I'm going to do what I want with it. And if we lose, oh, well, I just want you fired. I I don't think that's that's not really a win first mentality like people talk about. That's a me first mentality. Oh, I know, dude. It's not good. Like there's there's flaws at every level here, (laughs) you know, because then you've also got Patrick Marlowe who had what 19 18 19 goals this year mm-hmm. and did not seem like himself a lot of the year i mean so either this was a you know a fluke or the new aging patrick marlowe mm-hmm. that you have for two more years at nearly seven million dollars a year that's only going to give you 18 19 goals uh and it's i mean i and i don't know I always seemed when I watched like replays of like goals, I always felt like when a forward was like coming down, it was Marlowe. That was the one that was <laughs> the dragging late, ass behind. Yeah. And and I was and maybe it was just, you know, I had, you know, poor Marlowe was like my whipping boy yeah. every time I watch a clip, but you're like, oh man, like, you know, defense was a huge thing for him. And being a key PKer and a key, you know, defensive forward, and if that part of his game is going too. It's not. It's not good. So uh, Dude, there's so I, many things. Yeah, I listened to the Kawakami interview, and there were two things that were talked about during that interview that I thought were at, at least troubling. One was Drew said Doug Wilson clearly wants to take this team on a rebuild, and he doesn't think that Hasso Plotner wants a three-year rebuild, and that's what this team needs. If you really want to rebuild it, you're going to need three years where you go and get players and start over, and Hassel Plotner's not going to be okay with that. That so, really worries me a lot. And, and I get it. And I, I, I heard that part of the interview, too, where he was saying, you know, the Sharks are already scrambling for market share mm-hmm. in a you know thriving Bay Area sports community where the Earthquakes have a new stadium. The Warriors might win an NBA title. Mm-hmm. The Giants are the reigning World Series champions. The A's look like they're going to be very good again. The Raiders and Niners suck, but the NFL is king. Mm-hmm. So, and you've got college sports, you know, we've got Stanford and Cal, very popular, right? So it, it's tough. And if the Sharks are going to be, and the Sharks have just created competition for themselves within their own building right? by bringing in their minor league affiliate yeah. that will be playing the same sport at half the price. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, if the <laughs> NHL team is going to be a lottery team and you've got an AHL team that is you know, making the playoffs, making the playoffs. That's going to be a very difficult situation that the Sharks have created for themselves. So um, I don't know. I The thing that's so puzzling is if you're going to do a rebuild, then why did some of the decisions that he made just don't make sense? Like they don't make sense. Then why re-sign Thornton and Marlowe? Well, I think at the time, he was hoping that he, it wasn't going to be a rebuild. It was going to be this is the time to keep these guys around and this team can still be good and do the you know reload and retool version as opposed to the rebuild version and I think the loss to the Kings last year in the playoffs was the turning point saying okay that's clearly not going to work. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately it that piece of information came 2 months too late, 2 months after those two guys were re-signed. But it makes me very uncomfortable that if Plotner's not in, in for it, then then we could see a New Jersey Devils situation, which is a, an analogy we made earlier in the season, which is a team that's old, 
a team that's getting older, a team that's not really getting better, and a team that doesn't really seem to have a plan. And if Hasselblad does not sign off on the rebuild, that's what the Sharks are going to be. They're going to be a team that has some good defensemen in in Mark Edward Vlasic and Brent Burns. They're going to have some good forwards in Logan Couture and Joe Pravelski. Not very good goaltending, not much else, and no good pipeline of young players coming on online. And that's what we're looking at. And it's just, that's a very scary thought. I'm, we'll never know what Hasso Plotner thinks because he doesn't speak. You know what I mean? He doesn't <laughs> talk to us. He doesn't talk to anybody, right? So if he wasn't on board for a rebuild, which apparently has been in the works now, according to Doug Wilson, for a while, he's been doing it by purging veteran players who are running out of contract. Instead of keeping them and trying to make a run with them, he was getting rid of them and getting assets. You know? Um I don't think this is new news to Hasso Plotner, right? Is this new news? I mean, like, the, he's been saying this was going to happen. I mean, he's been doing it. So I I, if this was not, Plotner was like, I don't think so, then why did the Sharks do nothing in the offseason? Now they're sitting there. They've got, you know, enough cap room where they're going to be in a position to poach players off of teams that are just needing to make moves. You know, I mean, not a great example because this move would never happen. But the Blackhawks are in bad spot. The Sharks are a team that could take a Patrick Sharp and give up little to get him. And because they got the cap space to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so um, there's good. There's teams that are like that, that could benefit from moves like that. Bad example, but it's just an example of what they could do. But if you're doing a rebuild. You don't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't do that because you kind of want to not be that good. Right. And also, I think it's pretty clear that the Sharks aren't a Patrick Sharp away from being no, a cup contender. No, they're not. They're not at all. But could they be in the mold of a Vancouver who basically is trotting out the same team with a few tweaks, a new GM, and a new coach, the Sedins now again are in the top 10 in scoring in the NHL. Mm -hmm. They appear completely rejuvenated. Could the Sharks take that approach? They're going to lose in the first round. No, they're not. To Calgary? Yeah. No. I think Calgary will beat them. No, I do not. I agree. I don't agree. Well, then they're going to lose in the second round. I agree. So then they're the Sharks. <laughs> right. This is what you want the Sharks to no, become? No. Well, no. <laughs> but but I'm, saying could they, I'm saying could they do that? Now, that's a step up from New Jersey, right? Yeah. And they've, they've got a few good young players, you know, uh, around in that organization. You know, they're not New Jersey, but they're also not cup contenders. No. You know? And there's no path for them to become that way. No, not really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so yeah, I don't I mean, know if that's really something to be to aspire to. Yeah, I guess the so. other thing that that uh, Drew said or, or or talked about with uh, Kawakami is Kawakami mentioned the fact that Plotner and Doug Wilson sort of made these backhanded comments about, oh, you know, we're lucky to be in this area, and then you know there was talk recently about the Sharks moving to San Francisco, and Drew ex- expressed no confidence that the Sharks were going to stay in San Jose long term. Uh-huh. Yeah. He didn't say that they're definitely going to move. He didn't say that. Oh yeah, it's it's gonna it's a done deal. But he said, "Oh, I think there's a real. I think there's there's problems. One of which is that the Sharks have maybe the worst television deal in the NHL. 
the Dallas Stars make three times as much as the San Jose Sharks do on their television deal. And he says that's a huge problem for the Sharks. And it's like for another 12 years, this television deal. And one way the Sharks could get out of it, it would be by moving the team. And he's, he said that's definitely a possibility. That's obviously not, that doesn't give us the warm and fuzzies here for San Jose fans. Dude, I've been suspicious of this all year. Yeah. You know, since we've had little birdies whispering to us, people yeah. who also might know a little something yeah. that this is possible. Yeah. Not moving completely out of the Bay Area, but moving to San Francisco. And then the Warriors owner himself comes out and says, oh, you know, we might be open to it. Right. Our new beautiful stadium in San Francisco, we might be open to sharing it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, a stadium that they're privately, you know, building, of course they want it full. They want it full for as many events as possible so they can continue to pay off the stadium. Yeah. So, so if it's a two-sport venue, of course they want that. Yeah, it's... Dude, let's 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 wrap this let's wrap this up. And, no, because we're going to talk about the playoffs in a second. No, I want to talk about it all night. What are the predictions? So what? So I think Kurz and Pollock both thought it was there was some what's significant. There was some significance to the fact that the Sharks aren't cleaning out their lockers until Wednesday, mm-hmm. um, which may indicate that someone is going to be gone. What if you had to you know betting line Vegas? Who's going to be here and who's going to be gone? Obviously, the players are going to be here because they can't be traded. But is there going to be some front office turnover? And if so, who are going to be on the outside? I think Todd McClellan is gone. And Doug Wilson stays? For now. I mean, that's just my... My concern is that Hasso Plotner doesn't know anything else than Doug Wilson. So... Mm -hmm. um, I don't know who he would. I mean, we've talked about this before. Yeah. Who's going to hire to replace him? How does he know anybody? Right. Does he have? There's no senior NHL advisor to this team. They don't have Jerry West for the Warriors. Right. Who's there going? Listen. Yeah. You know, you need to do this, or you need to not trade Clay Thompson for Kevin Love. You idiots. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. There's nobody saying that. There's no shark icon or. I mean, Doug Wilson is that person, right? right? Doug Wilson is that person. So I don't, I'm not confident that, that Doug Wilson's going to be gone, which I think could just make the whole situation even more poisonous Yeah, moving forward. But I think Tom McClellan will be gone, dude. I think that um, he's the one that's going to take the fall for this. I think, I think you're right. I think actually, I think both of them might be gone. Hmm. Maybe not Doug Wilson by Wednesday, but I think he's going to be gone too. Because I think... Clearly, the loyalty is with Joe Thornton, and the main rift is not between Joe Thornton and Tom McClellan. Right. And if you're going to choose Joe, if he's the if he's the favored child, he's fighting with the GM, not the coach. I think Doug Wilson should be gone. Yes. If uh, if I now and maybe he, for the first time this year, completely agree. Doug Wilson should be gone, and maybe I'm needs, late to the party. But there yeah. needs to be a change in direction and philosophy, and you know. But but the dangerous thing is is if Plotner is hiring a GM and calling up, you know, Mike Milbury and being like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. hey, um, we we don't want to rebuild. We don't want to rebuild. Um, I want you to call, you know, um, I want you to bring in, 
uh, Lee Stepniak. I want you to, you know, find the the, the corpse of Alexei Semenov. Yeah. Get them all in here and we're going to try and, you know, make, be a run. A, make a run. You know, that's the dangerous part because you're, you're going to have a hard time finding people probably to come in that are going to be. Is this going to be a situation going to be like a Niners situation right now where it's so like no one wanted no one wanted to coach for the 49ers this year because the front office situation and the owner, it was a total train wreck. Yeah. So what are you going to do? I, I think the only thing that may happen is uh, is there could be an internal uh, hire. That would be something that could work. And that's been hinted at that Doug Wilson could get promoted yeah. to team president. Joe Will is the assistant general manager. I, I've read, it was a while ago, probably a year or two ago, that he might be one of those guys who's ready to take the next step into the big chair. But... But what's what is that going to change? Well, just because they work together doesn't mean they have the same philosophy, right? I guess. I mean, you saw but... the same thing with Jim Nill moving from from Detroit to Dallas. You know, he's not doing exactly. You know, I, it's different I, I know, but if you, I... but but if okay, but but if if it's if it's Wiley, then Doug Wilson has to be gone. Like he can't still be hovering around the building. Like the Giants have this situation right now. Brian Sabrin was promoted. Yeah. And Bobby Evans is the GM. Brian Sabrin is still running that team. Yeah. Yeah. Everything must be passed through him. And, you know, if, if that's going to be this, the, the situation, then you've changed nothing. Right. You've changed nothing. Right. So, um, but I think if I'm certain of one thing, it's that T Mac is gone and he'll be, you know, taking the fall for being the second winningest coach. And, <laughs> <laughs> active NHL, you know, and um, I thought Drew made an interesting comment saying that if Babcock is gone from Detroit, T-Mac's going to be in Detroit. And right. It happened very, very quickly. Yeah. And um, that if T-Mac is fired, he will probably wait to see what happens. Mm -hmm. He's not just going to take the first check that comes from Brendan Shanahan. Mm -hmm. He's going to wait, you know, um, it's a situation like Dan Bilesma's in. You yeah. know, Bilesma didn't have to take a job this year. Didn't have to coach the Florida Panthers. Right. You know? Right. Who is my pick to be the next coach of the San Jose Sharks? P.S. Dan Bilesma. I've oh, said yeah. it before. I okay. think that, you know, if if they're going to, you know, move forward, that that's going to be the guy that they're going to turn to, especially if Doug Wilson is the GM. I think that that's going to be who it is. All right, dude, let's move to the playoffs. Let's look at some playoff matchups because playoff hockey is here, even though the Sharks aren't in it and the Kings aren't in it. There have been a lot of surprises in terms of who is in the playoffs and who is not. Uh, I think certainly the biggest surprise between uh, the Sharks and the Kings outside of those two teams, the Boston Bruins, dude. They're not in. My <laughs> number two pick in our pool is not in. In nope. the playoffs. Nope. And the number three pick in the pool, the LA Kings, yeah. are also not in the playoffs. So right. your first two picks yeah. did not make the playoffs. No. And somehow you still have eight teams and I have eight teams. So yeah. we've got an equal shot at the Vegas Cup, dude. That's right. You can see it sitting right up there, the Vegas Cup. For the listeners who might be new, we have a bet that goes every year. We draft teams at the beginning of the year and whoever has the Stanley Cup champion at the end. Gets a free trip to Vegas. That's right. I've gotten three free trips to Vegas. And I've Mike gotten has none. none. So, none at all. Um, I don't expect that to change. <laughs> well, dude, 
Anything can happen. Dude, let's go. Okay, Western Conference matchups. I know we're running a little long. Let's try to go through these quickly. Who do we got? Ducks and Winnipeg in uh, the first matchup in the uh, Pacific side. I mean, I, I, I think, think that's Keith probably Jones, a cakewalk, right? Keith Jones said it best. He said They said, who do you think might win the Stanley Cup? And he said the Anaheim Ducks. They have the easiest road right now. If they win out, they're going to be looking at Winnipeg, Vancouver, or Calgary. That's it. Like that's, or, you know, Winnipeg, Vancouver and Calgary in the first two rounds, those are not difficult matchups for the Anaheim Ducks. And they'll probably face, you know, St. Louis, Nashville, or Chicago, most likely St. Louis or Chicago in the Western Conference Finals. That's a, that's a good, easy road to the Stanley Cup. That's good times for the Ducks. Yeah. I mean, there's, if they don't make it to the uh, Western Conference Finals, you know, Bruce Boudreaux will probably be looking for a new job too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because there's no excuses in terms of that. Um, I do get concerned. The Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux teams don't mm-hmm. do well in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the Ducks, while uh, a good team, do have flaws. So we'll see, you know, uh, but I'm not afraid for them in any of those matchups coming on there. Vancouver, Calgary, I know. You have Calgary. I have Vancouver. I think that could actually be probably a pretty entertaining series. Yeah, I just like the way Calgary plays. They they play like they got nothing to lose. Well, they don't. They have nothing to lose. And if they win that first game in Vancouver, you know, Vancouver, Ryan Miller's, uh, you know, uh, Walnut will be puckered. Yeah. Let me say that, too. Yeah, that's true. Okay, in the the Central, this is some brutal stuff. Uh, Bloodbath. Uh, dude, you you cannot be happy to see your St. Louis Blues playing the Minnesota Wild no, in the first round. No, not at all. With uh, hot goalie and Devin Dubnik, who's the only thing I would hope is that what Dubnik's played thirty nine out of forty or something like right. that. He's played right. like every game basically this year for Minnesota. I you know if you're St. Louis, you got to get in his kitchen. You got to be bumping him a little bit. You got to be getting in his head, hoping he's getting a little tired. I I picked the Blues, but it's not. It's not a fun matchup for them to see, especially a team that's, you know, excited to be in the playoffs, certainly has some promise to have some good playoff success, not just this year, but in future years. So you got to be you got to be happy for the wild. But I still think St. Louis as the number one seed uh, in the central is going to win. So similar to Anaheim, where if the Blues who have choked, I mean, they've they've really not advanced. So. I'm going to pick the wild dude just because I, I, I don't know. I'm like with St. Louis. I'm like, show me. Sh- show me you've got right. more than just good regular season numbers. Ken Hitchcock could also be looking for a new job yeah. uh, if they don't make it probably to the Western Conference Finals. I would think that you know it's possible that he could be in trouble there. The Nashville-Chicago series... Um, you know, Chicago won that season series 3-1. Nashville is the higher seed. If I was Nashville, I would be uh, thinking that they don't have a long life here, you know, right. in, in, in the playoffs. But uh, Chicago hasn't been great this year, dude. They haven't been great. Yeah. And they are. Injuries. But both those teams going into the playoffs on losing streaks. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Nashville lost six straight. Dude. Yeah. To end yeah. the season. Not good. And they still end up with the second seed. Yeah. You ha- you still have to pick Chicago here. Chicago's clearly shown that they've they can win in the playoffs. They've won cups recently. Uh, you know, they're missing Patrick Kane, but he might be back in time for the end of that series. Maybe in time for maybe the second round, he'll be back. Uh, certainly. If you're facing Chicago, 
you got to try and beat them now. Um, it would be much rougher to see them in the second round with Patrick Kane than in the first round without. Right. Uh, so, but I, I don't give Nashville a, I give them maybe a puncher's chance. They have to win at home convincingly. Or else yeah, I think Pecorine has to play out of his mind. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to have to win that series because while Nashville's a good story, like talent for talent, they don't match up. They're That's just, true. They don't match up. All right, let's go to the Eastern Conference, dude. If you look at the Atlantic, Montreal and Ottawa. Also, dude, you've got two teams. Both those teams there, dude, yep. are your teams. You can't be happy about Montreal uh, drawing Ottawa. You no. know, the hottest team in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, not good news for, I, I'm not Montreal. super worried about this yet. I want to see, I'm going to try and watch game one, at least of this series, because I think Montreal has made it to the playoffs. They've done well the last few years. I don't think they're going to be sort of excited to be there the way Ottawa might. Ottawa might be just so thrilled that, Hey, look, you know, we were down there with Carolina two months ago and we just went on a huge tear. And look, we made it. Yay. And it's like, and then game two rolls around or game three rolls around. And it could be, what the hell just happened to us? Right. I, I still like Montreal in this series. I like Ottawa, dude. Uh, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Is uh, Montreal is used to being in the other position, the team that is going up against all odds, the team that is surprising other teams. And now they're the team that I think is about to get surprised in the last three games. Against Ottawa, Ottawa has outscored Montreal 13-5. to So I think that uh, Montreal's in some trouble, dude. Mm. I think they're going to be out. Uh, I like a hot team going into the playoffs. And Ottawa also, similar to Calgary, they got nothing to lose. Yeah, No one expected them to be there. And um, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Tampa, Detroit. Tampa, Detroit. I got Tampa Bay. I'm obviously... Uh, jaded i'm 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 uh biased towards the lightning i think that i like the lightning early in the season i like the lightning in the middle of the season and i like the lightning now yes uh detroit certainly has been one of the bigger surprises for me this season um you know all credit goes to them for being able to create that that elusive mix of good young players coming up with veterans i'm not so sure their goaltending is great i think tampa bay has has some pretty potent scoring and i just think they're gonna they Detroit can't keep up with them. I, I like Tampa Bay. Totally agree. And I like Tampa Bay to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, dude. The uh, President's Trophy winning New York Rangers yeah. with uh, DB22. Yeah. God bless him. Hoping he can get a cup, another cup yeah. this way. Um, I'm thrilled that I have the Rangers and I can cheer yes. for DB22, dude. Um they are playing Pittsburgh. They can't be happy about that. Uh, well, I mean, on on paper, this no. This is a team that was leading the Metro I know, for a lot of the season. But this is a team that has just gone completely in the outhouse. Like, they oh, yeah. are in in big trouble, reeling, coming into the to the playoffs basically three and seven in their last yeah. ten. Um, I think Pittsburgh is going to get destroyed. I, I think they're going to lose badly. In this series, too. Yeah. I, it's one of those things where the first game or two games is going to play a huge part. New York at home, at MSG. If they can embarrass Pittsburgh, it could be a very short series. But, I, you know, Pittsburgh has been has a lot of playoff experience. They have two of the best players in the world. I'm not going to count those guys out. I can't say they're going to get destroyed. But, but New York, they really they asserted themselves this year. 
Yeah. And I'm I'm rooting for DB22 myself, even though you have New York. But you have <laughs> you have Pittsburgh too. I do. Yeah. So that would end up knocking out one of my teams. I have every team in that division, actually. Yeah. Um, I have um, Washington and the Islanders. Dude, your thoughts on that series? It's a even matchup in terms of points. Washington, another team that surprised me a little bit. I think the Barry Trotz situation has paid off well for them. I think the relationship relationship between Trotz and Ovechkin was key. I think him as an incoming coach managed to create a good relationship with probably the best player in the world. And that was the key to Washington's success this year because Lord knows Barry Trotz played a lot of years, you know, coached a lot of years in Nashville with no offensive weapons. And now if they have a little defensive responsibility, Washington could be very dangerous. I kind of like them, dude. I, I, I think this could be their, this could be a year for this could be their year. I mean, and it's going to be tough. They're going to have a pretty tough path. The Islanders are plucky. Mm-hmm. Then you got to go through the Rangers, and then you'll probably have to go through Tampa Bay. That's a tough road. You know that that's a pretty tough road. But um, it would not shock me to see them uh, make a deep run this year. They haven't really been able to get past the second round. Um, I think that Rangers Washington series. Whoever wins that series will go to the Cup. We'll go to the Cup. Dude, what's the series to watch in the first round here? If you had to pick one. The series to watch. Ducks Winnipeg, dude. I think it's going to be scintillating. <laughs> scintillating. Uh, the series to watch, dude. I'm going to go uh, Montreal-Ottawa. Yeah. I think that that is going to be a dogfight. I think it's going to be really, really entertaining, actually. What's what's your series to watch? Well, I was going to say Vancouver-Calgary because that could be really fun. Oh, I've changed my mind. Sorry. But I think actually, um, yeah, I think um, Washington Islanders. You I'm, think so? Yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm into that. I think that's going to be fun. I think actually Minnesota-St. Louis is going to be pretty damn good. Too, yeah, actually. yeah. Uh, I don't know if the games are going to be exciting. Right. But they're going to be, it's going to be. It's going to be tight. Wicked and yeah. tight. You know, I think that those games will be good. That that smells like seven. You know, that smells like right. a seven game series, right. dude. All right, dude, this is a good time of year to be a hockey fan. First round of the playoffs is some of the best games you'll see all year long, and there's great games every single night. Of course, it's certainly bittersweet that the Sharks are out. Well, the San Jose Sharks are out. The Worcester Sharks could clinch an AHL playoff spot today, and they're getting some Sharks reinforcements, although, you know, it's a little misleading, right? I mean, the Sharks sort of raided them for some of their players, but they got Chris Tierney down there. You know, they sent down uh, Barkley Goudreau, so... Brian Lurg. Brian Lurg and uh, Taylor Fadun. Mm-hmm. Fadun. So uh, hopefully we'll see players like Tierney and Goudreau flourish in that situation. Maybe uh, play on a line with uh, Goldobin and, and see the Worcester Sharks make a run. How poetic would that be? In their <laughs> final season in Worcester, the Worcester Sharks make a deep playoff run. So I'll be keeping an eye on that for Sure. For sure. So I think we definitely do. We can say, go Worcester Sharks. Go Worcester Sharks, dude. And at the lottery, go Buffalo or go Sharks. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. 5% chance. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. 
Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.